हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन चैप्टर थ्री अंडरस्टैंडिंग सोशल इंस्टीट्यूशंस दिस बुक बिगेन विद द डिस्कशन अबाउट द इंटरेक्शन ऑफ द इंडिविजुअल एंड सोसाइटी वी सॉ दैट ईच ऑफ अस एज इंडिविजुअल्स ऑक्यूपाइज अ प्लेस और लोकेशन इन सोसाइटी each one of us has a status and a role or roles but these are not simply what we as individuals choose they are not like roles a film actor may or may not opt to do there are social institutions that constrain and control punish and reward they could be macro social institutions like the state or micro ones like the family here in this chapter we are introduced to two social institutions and also to how sociology or social anthropology studies them this chapter puts forth a very brief idea of some of the central ideas where important social institutions are located namely family marriage and kinship politics economics religion and education in the broadest sense an institution is something that works according to rules established or at least acknowledged by law or by custom and who regular and continuous op- operation cannot be understood without taking those rules into account institutions impose constraints on individuals they also provide him or her with opportunities an institution can also be viewed as an end in itself indeed people who have viewed family religion state or even education as an end in itself we have already seen that there are conflicting and different understandings of concepts within sociology we have also been introduced to the functionalist and conflict perspective and seen how differently they saw the same thing for instance stratification or social control not surprisingly therefore there are different forms of understanding of social institutions as well a functionalist view understands social institutions as a complex set of social norms beliefs values and role relationship that arise in response to the needs of society social institution exist to satisfy social needs accordingly we find informal and formal social institutions in society institutions such as family and religion are examples of informal social institutions while law and education formal 
our formal social institution. A conflict view holds that all individuals are not placed equally in society. All social institutions, whether family, religious, political, economic, legal or educational, will operate in the interest of the dominant sections of society, be it class, caste, tribe or gender. The dominant social section not only dominates political and economic institutions but also ensures that the ruling class ideas become the ruling ideas of a society. This is very different from the idea that there are general needs of a society. As you go about reading this chapter, see whether you can think of examples to show how social institutions constrain and also offer opportunities to individuals. Notice whether they impact different sections of society unequally. For instance, we could ask how does the family constrain as well as provide opportunities to men and women. Or how do political or legal institutions affect the privileged and dispossessed? Now let us discuss the next topic, family, marriage and kinship. Perhaps no other social entity appears more natural than the family. Often we are prone to assume that all families are like the ones we live in. No other social institution appears more universal and unchanging. Sociology and social anthropology have over many decades conducted field research across the cultures to show how the institutions of family, marriage and kinship are important in all societies. And yet their character is different in different societies. They have also shown how the family is linked to the economic, political, cultural and educational spheres. This may remind you of what there is a need to share and borrow from different disciplines. What we have discussed in chapter 1. According to the functionalist, the family performs important tasks which contribute to society's basic needs and helps perpetuate social order. The functionalist perspective argues that modern industrial societies function best if women look after the family and men earn the family livelihood. In India, studies, however, suggest that the families need not become nuclear in an industrial pattern of economy. This is but one example to show how trends based on experiences of one society cannot necessarily be generalized. The nuclear family is seen as the unit best equipped to handle the demands of the industrial society by the functionalist. 
In such a family, one adult can work outside the home, while the second adult cares for the home and children. In practical terms, this specialization of roles within the nuclear family involves the husband adopting the instrumental role as breadwinner and the wife assuming the affective emotional role in domestic setting. This vision is questionable not just because it is gender unjust, but because empirical studies across cultures and history show that it is untrue. Indeed, as you will see in the discussion on work and economy, how in contemporary industries like the garment export, women form a large part of the labor force. Such a separation also suggests that the men are necessarily the heads of households. This is not necessarily true as the box which is given below shows. When men migrate to urban areas, women have to plow and manage the agriculture fields. Many a time they become the sole provider of their families. Such households are known as the female-headed households. Widowhood too might create such family arrangements. Or it may happen when men get remarried and stop sending remittances to their wives, children and other dependents. In such a situation, women have to ensure the maintenance of the family. Among the columns, a tribal community in southeastern Maharashtra and the northern Andhra Pradesh of female-headed households is an acceptable norm. Now let us wind up the session and thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.